Eternal Kingdom presents Roundtable Report with Jazzy and Nirvana. Greetings, friends, and welcome to Roundtable Report. My name is Nirvana, and alongside my co-host Jazzy, we are here to discuss all things Warcraft and all things Eternal Kingdom. Later on in today's episode, we will be discussing the expansion launch in Castle Nathria with Hantivirus, as well as taking a deep dive into the evolving Season 1 metas in both Mythic Plus and Arena with our friend Nevzington. In the meantime, however, we have a very special guest joining us to help catch you up on Guild News, and that is none other than Leia herself. Welcome aboard, Leia. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here today. Would you please just start off by introducing yourself to the people uh, and giving us a, a short catch-up on who you are, what you do here, and all that good stuff. Hi! Short is not my forte if you've been to guild meetings. Um, so hi everyone, I'm Leia. Um, if you don't know me, I haven't been around as much as I used to uh, just because I had a baby in January. But I have been in Eternal Kingdom since 2016. Um, I joined as a social member. I was a member of Imperium slash Immortal from January of 2017 until January of 2020. I'm currently like a non-rating member of Benediction. Um, baby needs a lot of attention still, so, but uh, when I'm able to, I'll be rating with them. I started the social media team back in 2017. Um, I took over community events in the beginning of BFA, and then I became the Chancellor of Community Coordination in early 2019. I think that's everything. Oh, and I was uh, the recruitment officer for Immortal. So it's probably safe to say you are a little bit in touch with the comings and goings of uh, what's going on here in Eternal Kingdom. I'm sorry, what's Eternal Kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's I... a guild, I think, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> I erroneously referred to it as a network on our last podcast, to which Snow immediately corrected me and called it a community of guilds. And that that's a term that I really haven't been able to get away from. Um, I'm glad that she said that on our last podcast because uh, I think it's a really good way to characterize it because it, it, it's what we are. There is another really exciting Warcraft-specific event coming up, and I really wanted to give you the chance to discuss the upcoming Streamathon. Yeah, so um, we've been having Streamathons since, I believe, 2016, um, and normally we have one right before Christmas every year. Um, However, unfortunately, the timing of the expansion was did not allow us to do it this year. Um, we need one of people to be able to level their characters that they wanted to and figure out um, who, what they wanted to play, how to play it, figure out the dungeons um, before we start doing carries and run-throughs. So we actually pushed it to the end of January. And if you've never done a streamathon with EK before, what we do is uh, we have a spreadsheet out, people sign up the week of with their keys, uh, and then we have a bunch of different teams that will run people through dungeons. You're, you're uh, with the keys. You're either a carry, you could be someone who doesn't know what they're doing, or you could just have a, like a fresh level 60, or you could just want to help and provide content. The whole point is to have all of our streamers have content going for a certain amount of time. It gives people stuff to watch. People, you know, stumble upon our streamathon just going through Twitch. We have our social media team that um, gets the information out there. 
but um, since 2016, we've raised, and I don't have an exact number, but I do know we have raised over $15,000 for various charities. Um, this streamathon, we're going to be doing, um, Ronald McDonald House actually has camp. Um, and so we're going to raise money for that. If you're not aware what Ronald McDonald House is, is they provide housing for families who have children that are in um, the hospital for um, very serious illnesses. Uh, so the camp it also provides for those children as well. And it just seemed like a really nice thing to do. We always try to focus um, on the kids around the holidays. So that is what we are doing this time, and I'm really, really excited. I'm going to be getting my character, worked, working on my character, and hopefully I will be able to play with my key team, the Team Jellyfish. Go Team Jellyfish! Jelly, jazzy and <laughs> tank for Team Jellyfish for a long time. So we even have a logo. So um, yeah. I'm really excited about it. I love doing it, and the community loves doing it. Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of fun. I've haven't been in the guild two years yet um i'm in my my one to two year tenure at the moment but i was really fortunate right after i joined shortly initially um was right before two streamathons ago so i was able to join in with a bunch of friends from cell swords and i was actually a member of the winning team from two uh two streamathons ago but then the last one I experienced from the opposite perspective. I brought my alt, I signed up, and got to meet a lot of different people from various teams, and it was an incredible experience uh, from both sides. So I would just say that I really encourage anyone to get involved in this, whether you are coming from the perspective of wanting to do the heavy lifting or whether you're coming from the perspective of um, you know wanting to experience some content you normally can't and meet some new and exciting people from the guild uh, i think it's just one of the best things that we do here as a community so i really wanted to make sure that we got a chance to spotlight it here and take the time to do everything we can to get as many people involved in this it's, and it's really for a good cause and it's it's a lot of fun for everybody i know my stream is one of the one of the biggest highlights and always have a blast yeah, we sang the one time that was somebody actually like paid like a hundred or donated like a hundred dollars for us to like all sing at one time. Oh, and we God, all sang yes. We Are the Champions at one time and you know with the Discord like the delays, it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, that yeah. seems like something that would be very difficult to coordinate given the more people you add in various microphones and latencies and so, so forth. But, it was uh, great. And then uh, the last streamathon, Scar donated specifically to have me sing the entirety of Bohemian Rhapsody. That was two streamathons ago. <sighs> two streamathons ago. Uh, one well, or two. I don't remember. They all bleed together. I've done a bunch. Nevertheless, um, I, I approach this segment from the perspective of promotion, but I am now all the gears are turning in my head to see what amazing thing I can spend money to make you do here in the future. A, a, a bunch of the teams uh, have those special stretch goals of donate 50 yeah. bucks. Maybe Allie, you know, tries tanking for something or I don't know. I, we have one that's been going on for ages that yes. um, you pay what we settle on? I think a hundred dollar donation for and Leia will tank, Jazzy will tank. heal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I will I will take this opportunity to remind everyone that um, even though this is a lot of fun in the spirit, these are things that we do want to keep 
technically appropriate. So, um, you know, I will certainly be the first person to sign on embarrassing Jazzy in every way, but, uh, you know, we're not going to ask him to, to do a full nude or, or anything like that. Uh, we're going to keep it <laughs> keep it PG-13, <laughs> or at least, you know, soft R, depending my, on the donation. <laughs> my, my tasteful nude calendar comes out later. Oh, uh, so stay tuned for details. We'll uh, we'll have to include those in the notes of the following episode, I'm afraid. But um, no, Leia, that is an amazing thing. I, I can't thank you enough for bringing that. Um, I know you do a ton of work making that happen, but then also, you know, coming here, taking time today to um, discuss that with us. Before we let you go, though, um, I just kind of want to throw it to you in an open-ended fashion. Um, you know, is there anything else going on with the community or personally or in-game that um, you want to make sure gets mentioned here? Our events are starting back up. You can go to Calendar of Guild Events in Discord. That's going to have the most uh, up-to-date information. It's going to tell you when a certain event is going to start back up. Um, if you have any questions about the specific event, message the run lead. They'll be able to help you. Uh, you can always message me if you have questions or if you'd like to propose an event. I'm, I'm always available via Discord. If I don't respond right away, I promise I will get back to you. And that's pretty much it. Enjoy Castle Narnia, because that's what I'm going to call it for the next year. <laughs> I definitely make sure that I go through my wardrobe before I get through eight every night. So... <laughs> I, mean, I don't I know if that's a, I don't know if it's a full endorsement, but it's what's been going on. So, thanks for having me, guys. This is fun. Yes, um, we definitely expect you to be a recurring character, so don't think that you are off the hook. But we do very much appreciate you taking the time with us today, um, and we look forward very much to talking to you again very soon. Alright, joining us here today is the team lead from Cell Sorts, one of the longest and most successful teams that we have here in our Colonel Kingdom. Very honored to welcome you to the show, and um, just like to say welcome aboard, Haunty. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, so I'm Hauntavirus. I, I've been playing WoW since Wrath of the Lich King into the Wrath, so I'm a Wrath baby and playing a DK since Dragon Soul. Um, in addition to team lead of Cell Swords, I'm a moderator over at Acris, and anything I do right as a DK is because of them, and anything I do wrong as a DK is because I haven't overcome my inherent scrubitude. So uh, I am a science professional in real life and play around in water a lot. Uh, I have a bunch of cats and my house is filled with computers and musical instruments and books. So I guess that's a little bit about me. Wow, it's like uh, it's like seeing myself in the reflection a little bit here. <laughs> I'm, uh, Twins! Always, always very excited to hear um, people come on and, and talk about their musical instruments and cats. Uh, that's for sure. That consumes very large percentage of my non-Warcraft life. So yeah, you mentioned uh, that you play a DK, and you have for quite some time. You normally have to kind of beat that out of people, but you said you've been kind of on that train the whole way, uh, which is something I can relate to, having played Boomy since release. But Boomy was my first character. Uh, there you go. Just uh, to keep adding 
adding things to the puzzle here that, that, that could connect <laughs> us. But um, what what's your specialty? Have you done a lot of tanking, or do you tend to focus on DPS, or have you pretty kind of much gone back and forth throughout the years? Yeah, pretty much DPS. I've done some tanking on Hantavirus. In fact, um, Hantavirus was originally created as a tank um, back in Kata. I wanted to make a tank of every single class and play around with those and um, did that. I was tanking more. I liked tanking on my druid the most. And so I had a paladin, I had a DK, and Hantavirus is a hemorrhagic disease. And so for blood DK, it seemed to make a lot of sense it fit that way however i've ended up uh playing frost and unholy uh most of my raiding career it works for unholy as well spreading those diseases yeah i guess it does yeah when i first joined i thought it was a play on antivirus so i thought you were like the cure <laughs> but again, fine... that was just uh, probably more a reflection of my brain's inconsistencies than anything you're a putting. A fine '90s band, but um, no, I'm not, not here. Not where it came from. So now we have it officially on record. We no longer have to wonder about the mm-hmm. origin. You said that you have been doing Warcraft and DK shenanigans since Wrath of the Lich King, but have you been in Eternal Kingdom that whole time, or? When did you become a part of this community that we have going on here? Sure. I originally started out um, in a friend's guild. They had begged me to play Warcraft for a number of years, and I always resisted because I was in school. I was playing another game, didn't want another addiction, um, et cetera, et cetera, and finally got um, a good enough connection to try it out, and so I did. And I was with some friends, and... I, I decided I wanted more. I wanted more reading. I wanted a little bit more progression. So I started looking around for um, places to to raid. Uh, uh, I apped to my first teams on um, Kilrog. Uh, it was very tense and scary to go out in the world on my own, but I did it. And so I bounced around a bunch of different guilds. And back then, I didn't realize that there were non-toxic people raiding um, and I thought that in order to get progression I had to raid with idiots or uh, not idiots but mean people and mean people suck as we all know and ended up on Proudmore raiding with a notoriously unfriendly um, toxic guild here and finally left them went to another guild killed Garage before they did bounced around a couple of other places and then I, I just said enough I can't raid with toxic people anymore you know racism sexism homophobia it's just uh ick these are it's people not, not worth as- the trade-off it's not worth That's the trade-off no these aren't people I would would associate with in real life so why was I spending my recreational time there so I took my time looking for a new guild and read the their forums I looked at their VODs to see what kind, what their raid environments were like, and I really did my research. And at the time, I wasn't able to raid on Tuesdays, so I needed a, a, a raid team where I didn't have to raid on Tuesdays. And Eternal Kingdom had all the right uh, culture signs that I could that I could find. Plus, they had this new team starting up that didn't raid on Tuesdays. A team called Cell Swords. And so I joined, uh, it was the first week of BRF, and I joined the first week of Cell Swords raiding. And here we are. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I know there's a number of teams within Eternal Kingdom that joined as a group. Um, mm-hmm. I know the team that I'm rating with for Shadowlands Gravity, a significant number of them were basically a team and a guild on a different server. Right. And came to Proudmore and are now, you know, one of one of the teams that we have here. But it sounds like you're coming from a different perspective. You you came over by yourself. Um, yes. If what I'm hearing is correct. And mm-hmm. they were starting up Soul Swords about the time you joined. Did you get the? Was it just hey, welcome to the guild? Do you want to run this team or? Oh no no no! A bit of like a progression that. there. Well, we had a we had another raid lead or a team lead. There wasn't really team lead raid leads at the time. Um, in fact, the that structure uh, first really started with Soul Swords. But I came to the to an all guild meeting. And I asked about, you know, joining Cell Swords, and they were, they were like, oh, well, no, we had this really good DK app, and uh, yeah, they look really good. And I said, uh, that was me. <laughs> and there was that, there's that, that, yeah, there's that pause you sometimes get when you're, when you're female in WoW, and people then realize you're female in WoW, because the default assumption is that you're a guy. And so, especially when you're applying to do, you know, cutting edge type of. It wasn't a cut. I'll I'll just say it wasn't a cutting edge team at the time. It was uh, let's go get some mythic progression. Let's see what we can do, kind of team. It was the third, really the third or fourth. There was uh, champion. There was knight team. There was a weekend team, and I don't recall their name. And then there was cell swords was the new team. So we were really sort of the bottom the bottom progressed team, the new team, the new kids on the block. And our goal was just to get some progression and see how we did. The raid lead at the time, to get back to your earlier question of how this evolved, he had um, was having some issues with a spouse who didn't want him playing WoW. And so he needed to step back and ended up quitting. We did, uh, we had by that point, I think gone seven to 10 in BRF, but he had missed a whole lot of raids in the interim. And so I had I had been promoted to officer the first week I was here because I knew how to log and I recommended some recruitment resources I knew of. And so because of that, I got promoted to an alt to Templar pretty much in about five days um, of being in the guild. And when pressure couldn't raid anymore, I was pretty much the next, the the logical choice to take over the team. They were much slower to promote to Royal Emissary back then, and it took about two months, but finally I was officially made team lead. By that point, we were just starting uh, HFC, and kind of developed from there. Um, HFC, so that was like, what, 2015? Yeah, this was back in 2015. So, coming up in January will be my six-year anniversary in the guild what oh my that is amazing what what's wow. the day can i ask uh, i believe it's january 29th and i think the first raid was february 3rd or 4th something like that that is that, a, that's an amazing impressive. yeah milestone for sure i've been a part of a handful of guilds over my 16 plus year wow career and uh, mm-hmm. suffice to say there are very few teams I have seen that either I've been a part of or have seen from the outside that have had that sort of longevity. So that's, yeah. I think, definitely something that we can all aspire to. Well, if you had looked at my at my guild resume prior to coming here, you would have thought I was a guild hopper 
because I was, you know, I was in Game Over for, that was the aforementioned toxic team. I don't mind saying on publicly they're toxic. <laughs> they're really toxic. I would agree. Um, yeah. I had been in Game Over, you know, suffering from essentially Stockholm Syndrome for um, seven months, and that was my longest tenure in a guild. Um, other guilds fell apart. I, uh, after I left Game Over, I had gone to a place to finish Garage, and they were really toxic. And then I went and chilled in Midwinter with some, because you know, I had friends there for about uh, six weeks. Then tried two other, I mean, it was just, I, I looked like a guild hopper. But honestly, it was just really difficult to find a place where either there wasn't overt racism and sexism, or, you know, I wasn't having to deal with overzealous males. I'll, I'll tell you how I knew that EK was the right place was after I'd been a Templar for a week, I had to ask a raider to please uh, play DPS that night. He had been healing for us because we were trialing a new healer and we wanted to, you know, stress him a little bit. Um, in a very good, in a very, you know, positive you way, but... Yeah, as one does. Challenging him <laughs> to rise to the occasion, as it were. <laughs> precisely, precisely. And it turned out someone in the channel was streaming at the time. And when I, the guy, the person I asked wasn't really happy about it and gave me some blowback and static. Um, but then when I left the channel, started going off on what a bitch I was. And he used the C word to refer to me. And so that went out on stream. And it was brought to the attention of the person who was the raid lead at the time. We brought it through the attention of the GM. And the GM gave me a temporary promotion to uh, Royal Emissary and let me to in order to let me G kick the person. <laughs> That's amazing, and you didn't oh, even have it. to reach out. This was something that was publicly I didn't broadcast have to reach out. and just picked up, right? <laughs> I I didn't have to do. I didn't do anything actually. It was and, and it was offered to me if I wanted it, and I was like, okay, sure. And that's how I knew <laughs> I was home. That was it. Wow, that's uh, I, I can't say that will be representative of everyone's experience, but uh, that is definitely a story that I won't forget. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. You know, anytime you have a moment where you realize you found the right place, uh, that is invaluable. So, yeah, absolutely. I do really appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, I want to get into some of the current event stuff because I don't know what you guys have been up to lately, but there has been a new expansion that I've been playing um, <laughs> for the last few weeks. So I know, you know, for the long time we were all, that was the thing we were looking forward to and that was the, the, the page to turn. So I just kind of want to ask you first in general, you know, how you've been personally enjoying the new expansion and then also kind of start to get into some Castle Nathria stuff. Um, I know you're sure. the team lead for Cell Swords, which means that, you know, you are, you're kind of, the, the buck stops with you, but you do mm -hmm. have other people that are specifically in charge of various different elements like all of our teams do. But I'd like to start out, like I said, just by getting your general perspective and kind of share with us what your experience has been so far here in the first few weeks of Shadowlands. Sure, absolutely. Um, I I am actually loving the expansion. Uh, I loved the storyline. I loved leveling. I, I took my time. number of, of my teammates and uh, team members kind of raced to get to 60. But I, I liked the first leveling experience to be sort of story immersive and so i took my time with it really enjoyed leveling uh got to 60 it took you know uh, maybe twice as long as it took my my speed demon uh raiders but um really just loved it i i love vampires so uh i'm venthyr which is unusual for a dk but i also did that 
so that I could earn the rep more easily to get feasts going for the raid. And uh, I'm really enjoying being Venthyr. So I, I like the different covenants. Um, I, I really enjoy Torghast, oddly enough, perhaps, but it's a, it's nice to have that sort of challenging solo content now, have to, you been to doing, go through. Have you been doing Torghast as DPS, I assume? Yes. Yes. Okay. People have suggested to me that it's easier as a, if I went tank, but... Well, I know there are some people who may or not be involved in this specific recording who may or may not have been abusing Torghast from a tank perspective, so... I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, can, I can count the number of times I've died in Torghast the entirety on a singular hand. On, on one finger? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's way easier as a tank. Well, I do enjoy running it with a with a tank friend occasionally, but I like going as DPS, especially I, I with some those. of the new new abilities. So. Yeah, I look at those recent nerfs that they did. And I'm like, why? I guess people were dying. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gotten off to a very great start. I don't think that any of the BFA systems, in all, compared to it. I mean, it's. No. Light years ahead of expeditions and war fronts. I think mm -hmm. the natural comparison is to the Mage Tower in Legion, but yes. you know, even then we come up with the issues of, you know, that was more of a singularly focused challenge than a marathon style grinding uh, right. kind of challenge. So I would say that Torghast so far has been one of my favorite things as well, but I'm very anxious to see how it ages throughout the expansion. Mm -hmm. I think um, with the twisting corridors, it's going to age a lot yeah, better than if, just if, the six floors that we have now. If they can keep this engaging throughout a, the majority mm -hmm. of the expansion, then I think we've got a real winner. But I'm mm -hmm. s still not quite ready to declare victory and put this one in the win column, chiseled on stone, uh -huh. just, just, just yet. I love playing with the different builds you can get, um, you can put together when you're running it. Um, I just did seven solo in uh, Fractured. I think that's the name of it. Fractured Halls. Um, I think so, yeah. And was able to get the ability that um, makes Icebound Fortitude bring down a dragon that freezes your enemies for seven seconds. And then got the ability where if you interrupt with Mind Freeze, it triggers Obliterate or I'm sorry, I tr it triggers Icebound Fortitude. So basically every time you interrupt successfully, you're freezing your enemies. Um, and then you get the cooldown that the cooldown reduction on Mind Freeze, and it's like, it's so fun being that OP. Um, yeah. So, and then, then there's times where, where your, your build doesn't work out so well because you just don't get good powers, but um, when you get on a good a good setup like that, it's really fun. On the last one I did, I think yesterday, I managed to get my touch of death cooldown all the way down to zero seconds. Um, <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's awesome. That's hacks. <laughs> and then I'm on like floor five and I finish it up and I get to floor six. I'm like, oh, look, it's boss time. Boss gets down to 15% where you can just freely use touch of death. I'm like, touch death, touch death, touch death. Oh, look, he's dead. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah. I tried to have a meeting with Jazzy yesterday, and he's like, I'm doing tour guest. And I'm like, oh, well, we can talk later. He's like, no, don't worry. I got the touch of death power. I'll <laughs> be done in a minute. I, I barely even need to think about it. <laughs> so, yeah, no, you. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that here in February or March, we probably need to dedicate an entire segment to really doing a deep dive into some of the tour guest powers and different layers of it. And I don't just mean the specific layers within the runs. I mean the general philosophical layers 
of the onion to unpeel with it. Gotcha, but gotcha. Uh, before we do let you go, I do want to at least get into a little bit of Castle Nathria. Okay. Um, I know that, you know, uh, to varying degrees, we've all been spending some time in there. Um, yes. And what, what has your experience been so far? What what has Cell Swords been doing? How are well, things so, going? So every other tier, we've pretty much been like, you know... Not much to gain from doing normal, so we're not going to do normal. We'll just go into heroic, and we've gone straight into heroic on the first week. So this time, we did a little bit of heroic, but then we're like, hmm, we need more gear. Uh, so we decided to then clear normal, and we ended up clearing uh, 10 of 10 on normal, and that was that was great. And now we're uh, working on AOTC um our the last boss is sire denathrius and so we're working on that in heroic we did uh also one mythic boss uh we did shriekwing and i have to credit a former raider with coming up with our tagline for the kill shot hide and shriek but that was pretty fun so so that's kind of been our our castle nathria experience some of the bosses have have felt a bit overtuned and i don't recall other expansions where I have felt as undergeared as I have going into this, even though we've all been doing Mythic Plus and trying to maximize our, our weekly vault. I, I think the bosses, well, based on Blizzard's response to, with nerfing a number of the bosses, I would say, yeah, there was some overtuning going on. But then there's been speculation that, you know, Blizzard is fine with things being overtuned and they'll nerf it after the holidays. So, I think that's I the know. general consensus with uh, a lot of the community is it's it's no joke. Even normal had difficult things to actually mm -hmm. tackle. Nothing a, a CE team can't get over, but it, it was substantially harder than normal has been in the past. Normal, yeah. for, normal for a CE team has been, you know, okay, let's go to normal. Oh, look, it's done. Yeah, let's spend uh, three right. hours on one obligatory night moving on with right. this. Not right, we need right. to spend a week progressing normal. <laughs> right. right. But but this this tier i i agree uh heroic is definitely a challenge uh, it's a good challenge it's welcomed it's not exactly terrible but couple that with the just flat out lack of gear which mm -hmm. i would argue is probably better for the game long term right um it made it's nathria is no joke so mm -hmm. it's 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 fun i'm enjoying yeah. every second in there yeah yeah, no. the success that the team has enjoyed so far in uh, Castle Nathria, I have to give a shout out to Spank, who is our, aka Silhouette, who's our raid lead, who's really spent a lot of time preparing strategies and preparing the team for uh, this tier, as well as uh, Machu, who is our DPS officer and uh, Asmo, our healing officer. Asmo's uh, uh, healing uh, cooldown planning has really just kind of made such a huge different difference in the team's uh, success this year as opposed to say eternal palace so things are just going really really well so shout out to those guys they do an awesome job um really enjoying yes. it and yeah kudos it's... to blizzard for putting out this expansion during the pandemic and yeah there are bugs but that's to be expected and uh, people basically did all the final work on this expansion remotely from home during a pandemic. So I, I think they did a great job. There's a lot of things I, I really like about the X-Pack. 
I would agree. They, they did a really good job. I'm inclined to agree. I am probably someone who can be easily baited into talking crap about Blizzard at length, but <laughs> uh, I will say in the, in the situation, I am quite content and just hope that uh, things continue on this track, if nothing else. So, you know, hopefully here next month we're going to have a lot more specific stuff to get into with Nathria. Uh, but before we let you go, Haunty, I want to ask you one last question. Sure. And that is your feelings about the new Great Vault. I know you've mentioned that you're primarily just a raider, but what do you think? What's your experience been? Well, I find that having a choice uh, is is really great. I like that. I like the ability to expand my choices based on the amount of content I do. I really like that raid bots got so on the ball with uh, so you letting could it being yeah. yeah, letting it be incorporated uh, into 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 raid bots. Um, a great tool, by the way. I have a Patreon. I love them. So I think I think it's a plus. I think it's better than the the weekly chest of sadness <laughs> from last year, where you know you get the same pair of pants three weeks in a row. So I like the great <laughs> vault. Thumbs up. Good. It's a good improvement. Yes, I um, I got nine terrible options last week, but I, I have hope that that was an extreme aberration. I think the system is good, and I think that having options yeah. will be a good thing. I, I will say that I'm, I'm not enjoying the reduction in gear from Mythic Plus or from Raid. That I don't like as much. Um, although I would agree. I think that EOE's... also plays into our pace of progression that we've been talking about here with the Raid yeah. Pluses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I would like a little bit more gear and I've had terrible, terrible gear luck. Um, so I guess it's my tier to, to tear up, so to speak. Well, it sounds um, like we need to let you go so you can go farm and buy some, buy some. Well, yes, I have more, yeah. I have more mythic plus to do and <laughs> I, I still have to finish my tour gas this week. So, and then we have some team activities tonight. So, okay. Well, if busy, Jazzy, busy, if busy. Jazzy asks, I'll tell him you did it as tank. <laughs> I know better. Nice try, though. <laughs> hey, I, I actually soloed the the ICC as a DPS when everyone else was doing it as blood tank. So nice. I got my invincible as DPS. Most people there at the can. time. That was before they nerfed the heck out of it. So it wasn't trivial. It was I, only I got slightly mine trivial. I got my invincible as a as a holy priest, but that was also Ooh. in mod. So. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Hante. Um, sure. Thanks we so much for having catch me. Catch up with you before too long. All right. Y'all have a good rest of your tier and a good rest of your day. You too. Best of luck in Castle Nathria. Thank you. You too, Jazzy. Joining us now is our friend Nevsington. Um, he's been here in the guild with us for, it seems like forever. I know it hasn't been quite that long. We're very excited to have you on the show, Nev. I could spend a long time talking about you, but I'm going to make myself shut up here and give you the opportunity to just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about uh, yourself, what you do in game, and you know uh, your relationship and journey with Eternal Kingdom. Well, as always, thank you for the invite and uh, the glorious introduction. 
but my name is Nevek or Nevzington, go by either or, and uh, I joined Eternal Kingdom back in the Ashara Prague, Mythic Ashara. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get that one, uh, but we did come back strong in the next uh, in the next tier, Nylotha, uh, raiding with cell swords. However, I did have to step back recently um, because of basically something. I'd say in about a month, I'd be much more busy during the week, so. I don't know that I could do something early in the day and then also be raiding at night. So I was like, you know, best for everyone that I stepped down because I wouldn't be able to pull my weight. Uh, that said, though, it's been a really fun experience with the guild. And I do plan on staying, uh, no, no doubt. I also host the Mind Blast show, uh, which isn't a full set schedule yet, but we'll get there. And as far as my experience, well, you know, I do have that raiding experience for about the past, what, two plus uh, expansions. Uh, basically, start of Legion, but my real ex experience comes in mostly with Arena and uh, Mythic Plus. So with Mythic Plus, I can't remember the rating. It was something over 4K, but it was basically me doing like 25s. And as Arena, I've actually been uh, rank one six different times. Uh, I think my highest rating on that one is somewhere bit like 3,050, 3, almost 3,100. 3, uh, 3, so those are my experiences in the game. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on today. I know that, as you just mentioned, you know, raiding has obviously been a core part of what you've been doing um, in your Warcraft career. I remember personally being there with you uh, the last night before 8.3 came out, uh, wiping on Ashara in Phase 4 until literally the servers went down. But I gotta say, uh, a big part of the reason I'm excited to have you here today is not so much to get into uh, those fun raiding adventures, but... Uh, I noticed that you are super involved uh, both in Mythic Plus and in Arena and have been for a while. And, you know, most of the people that I play with uh, in Eternal Kingdom and outside of the Kingdom are people who enjoy the various forms of content but ultimately kind of use them as a means to an end to support their rating. You know, and I know we've covered your rating success, but uh, since I met you uh, back in the day, I've always been really intrigued by the fact that you were kind of different in the sense that while you were a great raider, it kind of seemed like you were also as much or even more invested in these other forms of endgame challenges that Blizzard has brought to the game uh, over the past few expansions. So with all that being said, I kind of want to let you drive this car a little bit. So I'll start by asking you... Um, as we talk, we're about three weeks into the expansion. So far, have you been spending more time pushing keys or doing pvp uh so far definitely more pvp and arena uh specifically i do battlegrounds mostly just for funds with a lot of different people but it's usually the strategy and everything goes into arena and mostly in the past like month or so it's been getting ready for what's coming up like the regional tournaments awc those sort of things i do a bit of coaching for some maybe like five six different people they usually like send me their vods and i like try to review them see if i can come up with different strategies for them uh, see if i see any errors in planes and so on and i also do a bit of guide riding as well uh, usually for a particular european uh, site or two most of them in spanish so I've always thought that was like the the hardest part is the easy part is, you know, just doing everything, you know, looking at the VODs, playing the game and coming up with strategies. But then I, even though I speak Spanish first, translating from English to Spanish, not always, in my opinion, the easiest. So that's like the hard part, translating it and then sending it over to them. 
So it sounds like you you've had a good reason to need to spend a lot of time uh, on on the PvP planning between your translations and your guide writing. Um, I'm super excited to hear you say that. Um, I'm sure Jazzy probably snuck out the back door as soon as you mentioned PvP. But um, yeah, uh, Arena's been a, a little wacky so far. You know, coming out of BFA, there was a very well-established meta. And I'm not super experienced so far. I've only done a few hundred games. But I've definitely started to notice some trends that, um, let's say at least, were very outside of how BFA ended. <laughs> including seeing tanks and arenas. And I, I don't know. What, what has your experience been so far? What, what have you noticed uh, as we've gotten into Shadowlands here? Well, with the end of BFA, uh, we definitely saw a much more slow-paced meta. And I know a lot of people hate it. I can enjoy it. I respect it for what it is. I see the entire game for it as basically that entirety. So, you know, I like variance. I don't like that it's going to be always a slow meta or even always a fast meta. So if this entire expansion remains at a fast meta, that'd be fine. But then I'd like something new with the next one kind of uh, deal. That's how I like it. So it's kind of cool that we had like two extreme ends there. But that said, yeah, we have a really fast meta uh, so far in season one of uh, Shadowlands. And it's a really nice reprieve coming from the tank trinkets and just overall like mage lock uh, holy pala from from the end of bfa where like pala would wear nothing but ineffable truth and uh he'd have sack every basically like 25 seconds I, i'm not that's not even a remote exaggeration i've actually fought a pala where he sacked the warlock and then sacked him again not even like 30 seconds later and i'm like how are we supposed to kill something that is constantly taking no damage so that is as slow as you could possibly get it. Now we have much more fast-paced meta. Games are lasting sub two minutes, which, by the way, is really good for Disc Priest because we're really exceptionally powerful in the first two minutes. And we're, and we're seeing, you know, tanks, actually, in Arena right now with, like, Prop Paladin, which is kind of cool, actually, because, they're you know, they're, like, one of the top five specs. And they're really, really strong, but really, really different. It's something I definitely wanted to ask you about. I know you first brought it up in the context of trinkets in BFA, but I've been seeing a ton of tanks in my arena queues. Um, well, not a ton of tanks, but pallies, prop pallies, and vengeance demon hunters specifically. Um, I'm not sure if these things are going to tail off at higher ratings. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Um, well, it, when you get to like sub 2k, anything up basically from 0 to 2k, uh, I think realistically anything could work. Even, you know, Jazzy can come in with Brewmaster Monk and make it work. Uh, but. <laughs> but uh, a lot of me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, the question is like, what do you bring to the table? And I think uh, I think one one fellow that I definitely respect inside the arena, Minpoike, uh, Resto Druid on EU, he said it best uh, on a stream that I was watching. He was asked something along the lines of like, you know, whose role is to do X, Y, Z? I can't remember what he was saying or what the question was, but he, he responded with, uh, there is no such thing um, unless you bring something that no one else can bring, then it's okay, your job. But other than that, everyone has their own response, like something to bring to the team and everyone has to partake. Sometimes you're playing defense, sometimes you're playing offense and, and so on. That said, Vengeance is not one of those tanks that I think could get terribly deep without like really catering the comp to them because I don't see them bringing too much outside of RBGs. But then you have a tank like Prop Paladin and it's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum. They bring so much. 
most of the time it's just the utility they bring. They have freedom, they've got bop, they've got spell bop, which is uh, spell warding to uh, PvEers. Uh, they can bubble themselves as well as other players on a separate cooldown, which is just, you know, really, really good because you can wipe anything off of them, uh, even if they remove it instantly. Uh, they even can taunt, although this is not respective only to the Pala, but you, tanks can taunt uh, a target and it makes them take about, five, depending on how they do it, it's anywhere between 5 and 15% increased damage on that target. So it just helps you kill uh, a little bit uh, easier. So it's but a debuff, not necessarily yes. working like it would in PvE content. Correct, correct. Uh, you can actually, by the way, taunt in Arena, like literal PvE taunt, but it works on pets. And it's actually really cool if you're like, you're a holy pal. I know it's a little bit off topic, but if you're a holy pal and you and you taunt a pet as, let's say, a sheep or a, a hunter trap is coming your way, they can end up sheeping or trapping you, and for the next three seconds, that pet is hard Terminator walking over to you and just smacks you out of that CC. It's it's really funny to watch and like see the enemy team be like, what just happened? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> But um, I feel like we as far as for that tip, that that's next level. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm envious on that because I I don't have that capability. I can't taunt. But with Pro Paladin, on top of that utility that they're usually there for, they actually have next level damage, which is not something you'd expect from them. They they do damage about half to two thirds of a normal DPS, all whilst healing about the same as a normal healer. So they have the utility that they're normally taken for, and they've got this basically secondary healer uh, that they, you know, provide the healing of, and then almost a full DPS. And the the ongoing joke is basically like, you know, I've CC'd the healer, well, which one? There's a prop pal and there's a healer. Which one did you CC? Because prop pal is basically a healer. I thought you were going to say the ongoing joke is when will, when will they be nerfed? <laughs> <laughs> they, they do need, actually, like, I'm not usually too terribly keen on, on nerfing people. I, I think more at the beginning, people should buff the classes that are falling behind and then begin nerfing once everyone is a little bit more even playing field. I'm not terribly keen on just flat nerfing, especially early on, but I do think their damage is a little bit too much for the amount of healing and util they bring. They shouldn't be able to, like, you should be able to bring big damage, bring, uh, big defense or big util. Probably two of those three is fine. But three of three is usually when you're a little too strong. And la that's, by, by the way, that was Destro Lock last season. Yeah, that was... Um, <clears throat> I was very spoiled or silly in the sense that I was pretty much the only DPS that I would heal last season. <laughs> Which is probably <laughs> why I got carried to a rating much higher than I deserved. Um, in fact, in fact, fun, fun little side story. I don't mean to hijack, but fun little side story. Make it quick. Uh, I was queuing with someone I knew who's a healer, and I was, it was 2v2, me, Shadow, him, Rest of Druid, and we queued into a Mistweaver and a Deathstroke last season, and he asked, he, you know, he was trying to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them, and I'm like, dude, you got to get back, you got to get back. And he's like, how do we fight this? I'm like, are you ready for the, how you how we fight this? He's like, yeah, 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 tell me, how do we do this? I'm like, we take that pillar right there, and we just sit in it, and we AFK for like 20 minutes, and then we attack. <laughs> Once you've got all the stacks, yeah. That's uh, probably the type of strategy that will deter our non-PVP friends from wanting to engage. But uh... And we won, by the way, we won that game, but we legit did it. We AFK'd, and the whole time he was like, is this supposed to be fun? <laughs> I'm very happy for you, although I will go on record as saying I do not endorse this as a strategy. Um, <laughs> no, but things have definitely been kind of tussled on their head. Um, like I said, I was used to playing Resto Druid with Warlock last year, so you know that was easy, uh, about as easy as you could get. 
But what I'm seeing this season is uh, really the return of double DPS. And, you know, like you mentioned, maybe that's something that gets smoothed out over 2K. Uh, but even below 2K in BFA, anytime we would come up against double DPS, it was like, okay, well, this is a win. You could relax a little bit. And that is very much opposite now. Um, like you mentioned, you know, game, games are short. Um, and I, I'm not sure why. But that seems to be what's carrying the thing. So I don't know if that also is contributing to why Prot especially is excelling so much right now. You know, I started looking for groups, and, you know, most of you guys know that I, I main Boomy, but last expansion really got into playing Resto and Arena just because viability. And I was starting basically as the first time serious PvP here. So here I am in Shadowlands, and I'm like, all right, I'm a Resto druid, I'm trying to find all these DPS, and. This queue is like 10 prop pallies looking for Boomkin. <laughs> like, what is happening right now in this PvP meta? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's a bit turned on its head right so now. So there's it, there's just all this burst, and then you have this tank that is really going top tier. So I, I expect things will settle down and normalize to a certain extent here over the coming weeks. But it has been one heck of an adventure out of the canon so far. For sure it will. I actually think also that this, the prop paladin uh, meta that we're in is partially in due with where holy palas are, are right now. They got indirectly heavily nerfed because they swapped this one buff that they have. Uh, so it doesn't reduce the cast time of holy light, which allowed you to blast holy lights after every holy shock, basically. And by doing that, you could take this talent that would buff the, the healing of it and grant you damage reduction on it. Well, you basically can't press Holy Light anymore, not not without the uh, reduced cast time buff, which means you can't run that talent anymore either. So your healing is just infinitely like lessened at that point, and you just fall behind infinitely. But you and know they're what? Still doing it? good damage, but not Prop the damage out. they were putting out in BFA. So yeah, I've seen definitely a reduction in Holy Pally so far. Um, you know, with a lot of comps going to priests or druids or shamans that maybe wouldn't have before this current season. Mm-hmm. But um, before we completely and entirely uh, put Jazzy into a player versus player <laughs> coma here, um, I, I do, like I said, and I mentioned earlier, want to um, c- continue picking at this and, and have you back on to talk as, as things evolve. But for now, um, let's get to a little Mythic Plus before we wrap up the shenanigans here today. What are your general first impressions? Um, have you been engaging heavily with them yet or are you kind of waiting for things to ramp up uh where have you been with mythic plus so with mythic plus i've just had uh mostly like, i'm not watching tem- too many streamers doing it like i might with like arena to further boost my knowledge um even when i'm not playing myself but when i am playing mythic plus myself i'm noticing a handful of things I'm, I'm i've always been the person that says melee will always be better because you almost always want the pack to die quickly uh, and melee is almost always going to have that front-loaded damage happening, like, in the front uh, of the... Like, if you took a, a combat log, and it, let's say the pull was two minutes long, like, their damage just just goes immediately, where you might see some caster DPS be like, all right, they're doing practically nothing, 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 nothing. Oh, and here their damage goes. So usually you almost always want, like, at least two melee. In my opinion, I'm like, well, why not take three? And we saw a bit of that in some of BFA. However, now, because everything is new, I'm noticing that, I mean, we just want casters. Not just because they're good, but because there's so much cleave and so many small spaces 
that it's hard enough to keep the tank alive with some of this like damage that's happening, let alone melee players sitting there taking cleaves. In my experience right now, anytime I take a, a melee player, I'm already anticipating that they're going to get knocked up and cleaved and dead in like a singular global at least three times in a dungeon. And it's almost always been true. And you can add on top of that too that it seems like so far the amount of life or death run breaking interrupts required is lower than what we needed in bfa yes that's another big contribution there's a lot more dots i would say and and spread damage which is one of the reasons i think resto shaman has has kind of uh, been so popular because they're plus they kind have of their... real heroism exactly they, they're one of the three classes that bring proper hero uh, which means you don't have to bring a mage or a hunter as like your caster. So as an example, me being a Shadow Priest, if I had a Resto Shaman on my team, I could play Shadow. Uh, but if like, you know, there, if I have a Resto Druid and I'm taking the caster position, if we don't bring another caster or hunter, we're kind of out of luck. So that's definitely one one uh, big trait for them. But their, their niche is basically spread healing. And with all these dots, I can only imagine how good like ascendance would be, or even chain heal spamming would be. I feel like they're just gonna, they're gonna probably be. I I would actually say I would be surprised if we don't see at least one resto shaman, uh, come MDI in January. I would be really surprised because it's just so good. Who's been healing you, Jazzy, in your Mythic Plus adventures, or have you been bouncing I, around? I so I've run with a resto shaman mainly i went with the holy priest which was fine this priest struggled a little bit but we still got it done uh so not too bad but the shaman is definitely the one that i feel more most comfortable with and as as a melee and having dealt with uh melee in there storming can die in a fire i'm just throwing that out there right now it's bad it was never good get rid of it thanks i'm off my soapbox now <laughs> <laughs> that was a, 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 a that was very well well received uh, TED talks by Jazzy. Anytime <laughs> you have a, a melee and tank saying one uh, affix should be deleted, while all the casters and healers are saying it should be there every week, you know you've made a good affix, right? <laughs> uh, it, you know, if storming actually went out to ranged and they had to dodge it, you'd be hearing the exact same thing from ranged. Oh, absolutely, but that's not how it works. So yeah. as a ranged player, I could say uh, that you're crazy and storming should be here every week. So <laughs> if, I, if one of my ranged ever comes in and says, you know, I had to move once every four seconds just to dodge this thing, you're like, yeah, and notice your DPS is absolute crap. I know. That's how it works. Uh, I would like to point out that I'm a priest player and a shadow, uh, when I do Q shadowing keys, uh, I'm pretty much up with the melee as well because uh, shadowy apparitions, I call them the boys. Whenever I start proccing the boys, if the target dies before it gets to them, that damage is lost and I get really, really sad. So I stand almost exactly in melee range so that whenever they proc, they get to the target immediately and they actually do damage. So I, I do feel some of those melee mechanics pretty pretty heavily for a caster. Wow, that sounds uh, pr pretty awful. I, I appreciate your sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I spent an entire expansion with a meta where you could bring maybe one ranged, but probably none. So, you know, I and feel, I feel like I'm very much in my right to enjoy the br <laughs> brief moment of respite that range has been given. 
You so there's, just... there's two expansions like that. Two expansions. So yeah, this third one. Let, let's let's finally get some castles. Well, well in at there. least in Legion, Boomy was usually the one range DPS, so it wasn't nearly as true bad for me. True. Uh, in ways, it certainly was not in the latter days of BFA. I'm just gonna but... sign. I'm gonna sign Nirvana uh, all the interrupts every 12 seconds. Oh, oh wait. No. Wait. I'm gonna miss three, three three to four of those per rotation. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe only two or three if they could be typhooned, but you know, uh, most important interrupt mobs probably can't be right. Well, well, you see, here's the thing though: you you you're the balanced raid and the caster, uh, so you're the carry DPS. Like you're the one that's supposed to be just focusing proper DPS. You just be like, that's not my responsibility. That's why we have a rogue. I used to tell that actually to everyone in the Shadow Priest Discord. They would say, how do you handle this affix? And I would jokingly say, what do you mean? I'm like, that's why I have a rogue and a demon hunter. Therefore, they handle it, and I just blast. <laughs> Well, so far, and I, I know this is definitely going away, uh, probably right after prop pallies get fixed here, um, but Balanced Druid DPS is is actually competitive right now. Um, even after the 6% nerf to Starfall and the nerf for our best legendary. So yeah. I don't expect that to continue, but, but like I said, I'm going to definitely enjoy this moment in the sun and the moon, as it were. <laughs> So I, I mean, like I'll, I'll gladly I'll gladly bring you along, and your job is to be res. My job so... is to be res and to <laughs> off heal and to do all the damage and to soothe and to vortex and to mass root. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, uh, now you, you get it. You, you forgot one. Your, your your most important responsibility is innovate the healer. Oh yes. <laughs> I think that you will find the healers on my team are infinitely grateful for how many intervates they get and infinitely annoyed at my innervate macro that whispers them. So I was you know. I was actually I mean, gonna ask I was like do you guys <laughs> use a macro because I we used to use uh, in another team like about a year ago we used to use them as well yeah this I want when I, when to I, know uh, as soon as they get it so they can go fucking nuts right <laughs> well, well I used to have one because um, I I was discreased on my first cutting edge uh, with Cahoon and uh, I needed like as much mana on that fight as possible because uh, maybe it's possible one of our other healers was a bit of a carry and um, so I needed as much mana as possible and I had a macro that I could spam to the uh, balance druid and he would you know know I needed it uh, only sometimes he would like not realize it so I did maybe macro in that message all caps and uh, and some some possibly naughty words to, like grab his attention that and, sounds uh, like a I, great way not to get innervated but as soon as I did it he began innervating me every oh, time okay. on command well I'm glad that worked out for you I'm uh, I think you may have hit the one in a hundred play there but I'm glad to hear it worked out. I mean, uh, it's not Innervate, but I know my... I think it's my Shadow Priest on my raid team has paid my mages. Or the other way around. The mages paid the Shadow Priest for Power Infusion. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was definitely <laughs> looking to sell that. I kept saying in like in in, in raid chat, you know, WTS, uh, Power Infusion, who wants it? <laughs> so, I know that it's not specific to Balanced Druid, but uh, a lot of classes and specs have gotten utility back, right? And in a lot of cases, you know, people are, oh my god, I have too many buttons. But in a lot of cases, I think that that's a big part of why Mythic Plus has been more engaging and more fun at the start of this season in general than I think it has been for many seasons. Um, there's a lot of stuff that people can do they couldn't do in BFA. There's a lot of new interactions and just ways to, um, you know, interact with packs and with mobs that um, weren't necessarily there before. And then also in addition to having all of those on an individual level, you have all of the new synergies um, and potential that comes with those things. So I think that's a big part of the reason that things have been so engaging so far. 
Um, I'm sure very soon I'll get back to being the carry DPS who has good utility. <laughs> but in the meantime... Um... Well, it's it's actually glad, uh, glad that you said that. And, and if I might just make a random point here, um, it's I think it t- uh, touches close to home for me at least. I've heard so many times that... Uh, sort of mentality of you know too many buttons too many buttons too many buttons and i think that's one in my opinion it's one of the downsides of legion is that we had too few buttons uh for any of the aspects of the game bfa gave some back but legion took the most away of all expansions wad a little bit legion the most and then bfa started giving some back and the way i feel is this with the exception of mythic plus it's not like you need all those abilities anyways. Like, you can't cyclone a boss in uh, in a raid, so you're not going to use it, take it off your bar temporarily. Uh, and in, you know, uh, what's it, in Arena, you're not going to use, uh, uh, what's it, it's Mind Soothe, because you can't, you can't do that to a player. So take that off your bar necessarily, right? So you have the option to, like, say, okay, these keybinds are my primary. Let me swap in and out if I need to, you know? But that's my point. It's like, you know, it's not like you realistically are pressing all arbitrarily i'm going to see a number you know uh, 40 key bu- or, uh, spells right so it's better to have the more spells that you can choose to use depending on the content you're doing so that you have answers to things rather than say no no no, no we need to simplify this from just eliminating spells and then you have no answers to anything that was one of the reasons why hunters were so bad in, in arena in in uh, legion they just didn't have any of their buttons suppressed to to respond to certain things and i think that's where we get like really boring gameplay and you alt a lot versus like classic one of the great things about classic is you had to make sure you had fire resist auras when you went against ragnaros or you had to say oh look you know these guys are resistant to frost damage better use my fire abilities let me swap to those real quick you know those gave you things to think about and gave you buttons to press yeah it's... or even even the ranks of spells maybe i don't want to rank three flash heal this person or i'll just rank one because they're only mm-hmm. i remember spamming off. rank four healing touch back in bwl because it was the most mana efficient <laughs> i yeah. remember rank I one frostbolt to pull <laughs> <laughs> you would have to rank one frostbolt to sheep in arena actually it gives but you a yeah, debuff so uh, they uh i could definitely order to agree with you there i think that that's a really good way to um kind of bring things to a pickup point for next time and just saying that, you know, it's a lot better to have extra buttons um, that you don't necessarily need in every context and be able to have variety um, as opposed to having the same set of buttons that you have to use in every context no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at times that can be frustrating and, uh, you know, depending on how you enjoy the game, you may feel varying degrees about it. But I do think overall for the health of the game and for the health of the largest parts of the player base that it's a change in the right direction so Mm -hmm. we shall see um i know we've been pretty optimistic about all this stuff you know we'll we'll check in here a little bit down the line and see how things have evolved but uh, i really appreciate you taking the time to uh, get things started with us here today and just give us a little bit of your perspective on kind of the opening hand on both these fronts um we'd definitely love to have you on again uh sometime down the road great i uh i would look forward to it i'm always down to talk about arena mythic plus even rating even though those are like my two strong points i do like the uh strategy involved in like the world first rating and all that uh, i i could talk for like a week straight about any of those things okay and if people want to find you uh where can they find you uh, well, you we could do uh, Twitch. Uh, I have uh, a Twitch channel with it's slash Nevzington, N-E-V-Z-I-N-G-T-O-N. And I also have uh, a Twitter at that same Nevzington uh, handle. Those are probably my most active uh, where I just type random stuff on Twitter or stream randomly. 
And I will make sure that I get those linked in the show notes for the spelling impaired, uh, just as a fail-safe. I know that uh, that's something I would appreciate, so I assume there are others who will also. But, uh, yeah, just uh, thanks again, man. We really look forward to uh, talking to you down the road. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That does it for this month's episode. We'd like to take this time to thank everybody for tuning in and wish you all a happy and hopeful start to 2021. Roundtable Report is now available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. For Jazzy and Eternal Kingdom, this is Nirvana signing off. We will see you in episode three.